The AIBP ASEAN B2B Growth Podcast is a series of fireside chats with business leaders in Southeast Asia focused on growth in the region. Topics discussed include business strategy, sales and marketing, enterprise technology, and innovation. Hello and welcome to the ASEAN Innovation Business Platform B2B Growth Podcast, where we sit down with business leaders driving growth for businesses in the Southeast Asian region. Today, we have a very special guest with us dialing in all the way from the Philippines. For some reasons, we seem to have a lot of uh, guests from the Philippines this year, but I promise you, uh, Miss Shea is someone who's a little bit special. I will try to introduce her, though I think uh, she will do a better job of doing it herself. But Miss Shea is actually the Chief Finance, Risk, and Sustainability Officer at Metro Pacific Investment Corporation, which is a leading infrastructure investment company with holdings in a range of businesses, including energy, water, tollway, and healthcare. So, Ms. Shea, um, you have a lot of titles. Um, I think I shall leave you to introduce yourself and what you do. I think the audience will be particularly interested to learn about you know, how you ended up in your role today. So hello, IBB family. Thank you for inviting us. I'm Sheikh Abal Revilla. Yes, coming from Manila now. Uh, so Metro Pacific Investments Corporation is a lead, leading infrastructure um, company in the country. We do, as what Israel said earlier, we are into power, water, toll roads, healthcare, real estate, light rail, food and agri, waste management, and many more. So we basically touch the lives of uh, Filipinos in more ways than one. A lot of ways. Uh, and, and I'm sure you have a lot on your plate, you know, holding the roles of a finance risk and sustainability officer. Uh, Misha, just give us a background, you know, with regards to your background and how you ended up in your role, because, you know, there are very few people that I know of who runs all three portfolios, risk, finance and sustainability. And I know you care a lot about sustainability. I think that was the first thing that struck me when I met you for the first time uh, last year, or a couple of years ago. So um, I'm actually part of the MVP group of companies. That's the Philippine uh, uh, portfolio of First Pacific. Uh, I was with PLDT and Smart, the telco group, for like 21 years. And I'm having the mandate to expand sustainability across the group. I was asked to uh, come here to Metro Pacific. So we we do uh, sustainability from a bigger impact and a bigger group perspective. And your background, you started out uh, within uh, finance, is that correct? Yeah, so my, I'm really a CPA uh, by profession. So I started with SGV or EY uh, when I was 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that's my background. I'm, I'm a CPA. So finance, yes. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think one thing we want to touch on today uh, specifically is within the sustainability portion of your portfolio. Um, in the recent annual report, for example, you mentioned that placing sustainability at the core of what you do uh, pushes you to be more agile and responsive in dealing with changes you know, now required to address the country's different problems. Um, maybe you want to talk about examples about how sustainable practices are being run within the MPIC group? 
Well, in the MP group, uh, it, it's really sustainability is really part of our DNA and our ways of doing. It, it wasn't as uh, bifurcated as it was before when, say, for example, sustainability ESG related topics are separate in the budget or the OPEX there. Uh, now it's really intertwined because we've had uh, this integrated way of thinking and doing um, for many years now. And it's really proven uh, effective for us. Because um, we are mindful of everything from a holistic and end-to-end approach. So our take on sustainability is really on four aspects, uh, economic, environment, social, and governance. So other companies look at sustainability as ESG, but we look at economic plus ESG. Uh, And it gives us a better uh, way of taking stock of our performance from a holistic perspective. And when you talk about integrated uh, thinking and reporting, we are also able to integrate the uh, impact and the value creation that we provide uh, to our many stakeholders, again, on that uh, EESG or holistic end-to-end approach. Uh, Because before, uh, finance or economic was looked at as a separate thing from ESG, right? ESG was just nice to have. But the the very nature of ESG is really it's not different. Uh, it's intertwined because the environmental, social aspects, and governance aspects affect our economic or financials. For example, um, with the Category Five storms that we experience in the Philippines, because we're one of the uh, hotspot countries in terms of climate uh, change and we're one of the one of two um, highest uh, countries in the climate index risk so any category five storms will affect our businesses and our communities and our people our customers our, our suppliers our full value chain right so which affects our economics obviously um and then for social if our employees are happy, then they stay with us and and are more productive. And our customers are more loyal because they're happy. The communities that we are um, enabling to uh, improve are also also become our customers in the long run. So it actually expands our revenue opportunities. Uh, Maybe I go back to the environment again. If we are not prepared, we're not resilient, then we end up uh, losing our service, meaning we cannot uh, collect revenues or you know to our to our subscribers. For example, if our um, polls, Meralco polls are are down because we were not able to fortify it from a risk perspective in terms of higher storms and whatever, then we lose our our ability to be able to uh, provide service and uh, obviously get revenues from it. And so there's also a customer experience a- aspect in that. Um, in terms of governance, uh, the way our stakeholders trust us because of the things that we do help not only our share price, um, our ESG ratings, but, but really on an overall perspective, uh, it really strengthens us as a business and as a group. Was that something, this is something I'm quite interested in because I, I think uh, we've spoken to quite a few chief sustainability officers in, in the region. Um, not many of them, I must say, actually come from a finance background. In fact, very few people do. You know, in the typical 
uh, view of the world. Sustainability people are the nice people and the finance people are the cruel people, <laughs> right? But when I first met you, you mentioned that, you know, tell me anything that uh, is sustainability related and I will find a metric, a financial metric to tie it to. And even today, I think we are seeing a lot of uh, startups in the sustainability space. Uh, a lot of it is linked into financial reporting and analyzing financial data to look at uh, how a company is doing well on the ESG front. But for yourself, you know, you in sustainability way before it became uh, such a big thing. Uh, what what actually, was it something that was incorporated within, uh, you know, the MVP group? Was it something that you cared about personally? How 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 did that come about? That's something I'm interested in. Uh, when we started sustainability back in uh, PLDT and SMART, uh, it was more of an advocacy because one, it was not uh, required. So we did our sustainability reporting in terms of uh, a voluntary reporting approach. Which, which year was this? When was this? Which uh, 2015. Okay. And the Philippine SEC uh, required all publicly listed companies to uh, so submit the uh, sustainability reports, I think, for uh, year-end 2020. Yeah. So we okay. were we were five years ahead. So we had a head start in studying the um, sustainability standards and learning from many global alliances where we can actually learn from. So um, maybe it was easier for me to uh, take on both roles because one, at that time, the mindset was that it was nice to have and it was not necessary. So it, it sort of gave me the push to uh, put numbers into sustainability because that was how everybody understood what need what needed to be prioritized at that time, right? Because if it had yeah. no financial impact to the business, then why do it? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and so... It was maybe a, 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 how do I say this? It was um, designed <laughs> providentially mm -hmm. uh, because when I was asked the difficult questions, I was able to answer using financial metrics on why we should be doing sustainability. Which which always makes sense for a uh, publicly listed entity, right? Or, or any That's larger, correct. Because yes. most stakeholders, even up to this time, uh, you really look at the financial impact. You know, you know the, the numbers really speak for itself. Yeah, and exactly. what we have done was to put um, a number, um, an impact to the economics and share price, etc. Um, that made everybody embrace it. I, I think that's still uh, something a lot of uh, companies in uh, not just in the Philippines but in Southeast Asia are, are struggling with. Um, you know, the idea of how to place sustainability and the what you call the economic impact to share price performance or even financial performance of the firm. So uh, you're a great advocate for that. Um, and it's nice to see um, what you're doing in the Philippines. And I think uh, a lot of our listeners are actually from overseas outside of uh, the Southeast Asian region, just, just to give some uh, background context um, in the Philippines, uh, the GDP per capita stands somewhere at about what, 3,000, 4,000 uh, per year. So it's not um, like, when Ms. Shea says, you know, sustainability was nice to have in 2015, there were a lot of other pressing issues which first needed to be solved. Uh, so it's actually very, very uh, nice to see that a group like MVP is actually focused on something like that. Let, let's talk about the other businesses within uh, the 
Metro Pacific. Um, let, let's talk about what you're doing. You know, you, you talk about UNSDGs and then you talk about sustainability. Um, MPIC is actually doing quite a lot of things within agriculture and healthcare as well. Uh, we'll get to MWell a bit later on, but do you want to give an overview of what you're doing within the agriculture space as well? Well, our foray into food and agri was basically to address the food security need in the country. Um, when the pandemic happened and when when all logistics movements stopped, right? And and the challenge for the country was that we were importing most of the food uh, requirements that we had. And, you know, God forbid, if another pandemic happens and some logistics freeze happen, then how would we feed the country? And so that that's really part also of our EMPIC purpose to be able to contribute to national progress and really help in terms of the day-to-day lives of the Filipinos here. And thus, we went into food and agri. Okay. And now the the main gist, uh, you also are the CEO of ML, right? Uh, which is uh, Which was... Uh, for us, the winning project from the 2023 AIBP ASEAN Enterprise Innovation Awards from the Philippines. Congratulations once again. Uh, Mwell is a convergence of uh, is a company which converges tech and uh, healthcare. So, and and I understand, you know, right now there are a lot of problems that are trying to be solved in Southeast Asia. One is obviously access to um, basic IT infrastructure. Two would be financial services because we are completely we are very 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 much underbanked here in Southeast Asia, not just in Philippines, in Indonesia, and some points of uh, Thailand, Vietnam as well. And healthcare. Healthcare is something that I think MWell focuses on. Do you just want to tell us a little bit more about MWell, how it came about, and what actually you're doing uh, within the Philippines? So um, MWell is actually an integrated health and wellness platform. No? Um, and, and maybe it was at the right time to do this for us in the group because having come from the telco group, we know that the, the data penetration of, of Filipinos is on the high level. And, and therefore, you just need to be able to, to um, take tap of that opportunity to be able to uh, provide another thing other than fintech, so health tech and wellness tech, or however we call it. Yeah. Um, and it just so happened when the, when the pandemic happened, uh, two things, right? People were constrained from getting out and seeing doctors. And number two, our hospital group was also uh, full. And, and so we had two issues. Number one, to be able to provide still medical care and consultation to the people wherever they may be and also to provide opportunities for doctors wherever they may be to be able to help out uh, because having a digital platform makes our health um, accessibility borderless right and and number two it was really to support our hospital group which had filled beds at that time and we want to supplement uh, the services by providing non-critical care through our digital platform. So, Mwell, when when was Mwell started again, and how long has it been in uh, existence? So, Mwell basically started during the pandemic, but uh, we had to get out of the old platforms that was used uh, because it was not meant for the Filipino uh, market. So uh, maybe as an example, so because it, it's an international platform and designed, you know, with an international culture where people come on time. <laughs> so, for example, 
If the appointment is at three o'clock, you have the doctor and the patient has to be there at three o'clock, you know, on the dot, right? But Philippine time, either the doctor is late or the patient is late. And so the, the booking gets canceled automatically. And so we had to uh, customize and do a digital waiting room such that you are given, say, three, five minutes to wait for each other before the booking gets canceled. Things like that, small things, but critical things, right, that enable the doctors and the patients to meet. Um, also, from a Philippine context, uh, there's not much um, doctors in the regional areas. So uh, based on the World Health Organization's requirement, you have to have one doctor for every uh, 10,000 or three doctors for every 10,000. We had less than that because the concentration of the doctors are actually in Metro Manila. And so the having the digital platform uh, enabled Manila doctors to be able to service uh, Filipinos outside the, the cities, right? And then because our platform was um, made locally, it was not geolocked. So we are able to also service the overseas Filipino workers, 20 million of them, 20, 30 million of them outside the Philippines, where they are given the opportunity to talk to Filipino doctors in their language. You know what I mean? So it, it gives them comfort and a peace of mind. Yeah, but, also, but look, yeah. Looking at that, I mean, uh, the, the number of uh, doctors in the Philippines as, as a ratio to the population is still fairly low, right? But I guess this makes it a little bit more efficient for them. Can they actually support, you know, local Filipinos as well as overseas Filipinos? Yes, actually. Um, the point is, it, it really depends on how uh, the platform is able to support the, the doctors and the patients. So we actually... Um, developed and transformed over time. So uh, in, in the case of doctors, for example, we added the patient records and um, being able to onboard digitally using optimal uh, optical character recognition so that um, there is enough time for the doctors to be able to care for the patient rather than doing the records, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. even the electronic uh, certifi medical certification, electronic prescription, the ability to be able to push the e-prescription directly to the uh, drug stores and being delivered to the doorsteps of, of the patients, we have been able to develop that over time because we wanted the doctors to have uh, optimal time in servicing many patients, and that's why the the things that the doctors had to do manually, <laughs> we had to digitize yeah. uh, for them to have you know more productive time and be able to uh, care for more patients. And we also worked with Telco, our sister company uh, PLDT, because key to the uh, good uh, service is good connectivity, right? So. If you're an MWO doctor, we provide a discount on the fiber <laughs> data subscription um, from our sister company to sort of have a bundled uh, overall service. Because we, we really want to take care of the doctors because during the pandemic, they were our real heroes, right? Yeah. And I think that's the wonderful thing about 
But in the Philippines, as well as in uh, Indonesia and uh, Thailand, there are quite a few conglomerates who have uh, different business units who can then come together to provide uh, what you call bundled services to actually, uh, I guess, provide ease of access for different kind of uh, technologies or even uh, services and products. That, that's wonderful. Uh, Vishay, thank you very much for the overview on, on MWell. Um, before I let you go, though, I would like to pick your brain a little bit on a couple of things. So for, for yourself, you know, you, you've been uh, at MPIC for a while and MPIC is going through some uh, changes, obviously now, um, a lot of changes and it's still growing. What does innovation mean for you as well as the uh, MPIC group uh, going forward? Um, innovation actually would uh, be process of being able to continue to improve uh, ourselves, um, having that sensitivity and the empathy to um, address the pain points and the needs of our customers, of our stakeholders, um, to be able to make things easy for, for everybody. Um, in terms of experience, employee experience, customer experience, in the case of ML, doctor experience, because um, that's what technology is about. And we look at our businesses not on a static basis, but on a dynamic basis, because you cannot stand still because the world continues to um, revolve, evolve and, and move, right? So then we have to move in the same way. And that has always been one of our sustainability pillars because the things that are useful now may not be useful in the next few years. And therefore, we should be you know, mindful of that and being able to uh, proactively uh, take a look at what, what the next uh, you know, cutting-edge technology or requirements or needs of the market will be in respect of the essential services that we do. Yeah, and, and Ms. Shea is saying this not just um, as, as buzzwords or using it lightly because um, we actually had the pleasure of visiting her in the office and talking about doing what's new. Uh, Ms. Shea actually runs uh, weekly uh, Zumba lessons, right? Daily. Daily now. <laughs> Daily Zumba lessons, but she has this big TV and uh, it's all the latest TikTok dances as well. So if you get the chance to visit the Philippines and uh, Ms. Shea in the office, I can assure you it will be a very, very interesting visit. <laughs> uh, last question, Ms. Shea, before uh, I really let you go. You know, um, looking forward, you know, in the Philippines, I, I think you've been involved in quite a bit of work, not just within the Philippines, in the region as well as uh, globally in your role as uh, finance risk and sustainability officers. What are you excited about when it comes to growth in the Philippines as well as the greatest Southeast Asian ASEAN region um, in the next three to five years? There's many things to be excited about. Um, but to us, what fuels us is really how we are able to make a difference in the lives of many, to be able to uplift them up and maybe to raise everybody up in a level that will make them live better lives. Uh, and that's why we have been doing many things um, out of the extraordinary or expected ways that we are supposed to um, do business because we we care about um, you know our stakeholders and the people around us um, and our environment of course because everything that that we have surrounding us in all capitals 
natural capital, social capital, etc., are equally important. We cannot dispense one over the other. And because everything is interlinked. At the end of the day, we are stewards of, of God's blessings, right? So that's why we have to take care of our environment and of, of each other as people because that's what we're supposed to do. That, that's such a nice thing. Uh, and, and I can assure you, Michelle is taking care of uh, the people who work for her because as as reminded, she does uh, Zumba lessons every day in the office. <laughs> and Philippines is going to continue to be interesting for us because it's one of the fastest growing uh, economies here in Southeast Asia as well. And we'll obviously keep a lookout for continued growth by MPIC, your MVP companies, as well as the Greater Philippines. Uh, Michelle, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. And uh, I'll see you hopefully next time again at, at the next Zumba class you host, okay? Yes. See you and thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. For more information about business growth in the ASEAN region, please visit our website www.iotbusiness-platform.com.